Welcome to the City Church Online. This is where you get all the sermons that you might have missed or you might just want to listen to all over again. Please like, subscribe, remember to share and download this message. Come, let us grow together in Christ. Yes, today uh, we continue with the sermon series, Christ in Me, the Hope of Glory. Christ in me, tell your neighbor, Christ in me, the hope of glory. Praise the Lord. And we have been breaking down what it means for Christ to be in us uh, for the last few weeks. I don't, I, I don't know, I think there are about four or five weeks that we have been, uh, Pastor Alex and Pastor, Pastor Jay, uh, they've been here and they've been telling us and breaking down what it means for Christ to be in us, the hope of glory. For us to be able to manifest the glory, we must understand uh, the fact that Christ is in us. And when we understand that Christ is in us, then we are able to manifest the glory of the Lord. We were created for glory. I know in many of us, whether we think we understand the glory or we don't, there is something in you that desires to be great. There is a desire in you. The reason why you, you're studying and adding more degrees is because you want to be greater than the greatest. The reason why you work so hard to be above and beyond, it is because there is a drive in every human being to be great and to be glorious. And the Bible says that for us who are in Christ, our glory is found in Christ Jesus. Him being in us is the ticket to glory. And for the last few weeks we have been breaking down what it means to be for Christ to be in us. I remember Pastor Alex taught us about uh, understanding the grace of God in truth, knowing that we were saved by grace, not by works. Only the grace of God, that my contribution to my salvation is actually my sin. But when it comes to the details of my salvation, Christ did everything on my behalf. And my response to that is believing that which Christ has already done for me. Praise the Lord. And the grace of the Lord in truth is just God has given us what we don't deserve. That is it. He did not give us what we deserve, but he gave us what we did not deserve. And it is very important for you to understand that if you are going to manifest the glory. Praise the Lord. Then we also talked about uh, the saints in light. And the saints light meaning the understanding of the love of God towards us. He has loved us with such an everlasting love that while we were yet sinners, he sent his son to come and die for us. And it is also very important that we get grounded in that very love. My faith has been leading us in a prayer for love. We cannot love people until we have encountered the love of God. Once you encounter the love of God, loving people becomes automatic because now you carry the very nature of God and the nature of God is love and everything that God does is love. Praise the Lord. So we also got to understand the will of God. What is the will of God for us? And that will is, we, it was already done. It's not something that we are going to do now, but it has already been accomplished for us by Christ Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus came to fulfill the will of the Father. And once he left the cross and went and died and then rose up again, the will was fulfilled. And now you and I can have an opportunity to enjoy 
such an amazing relationship with God because of Jesus. Praise the Lord. And just last week, we got to understand that we have peace with God. We have peace with God. Peace through the blood of his cross. And because we have peace, there is no enmity, no hostility. So those are all truths that we must be grounded in in order to manifest the glory of God. Praise the Lord. The Bible says that God has limited himself to his word. And until we understand and chew on his word, we cannot manifest that which he has already accomplished for us. And today, uh, I get to continue with another truth that we need to be grounded in as children of God. And that is, you and I are above reproach. And our text will be in the book of Colossians, chapter 1, verses 21 to 23. I, I read a story. I also listened to this testimony as it was being given uh, in one of the marriage conferences that I attended at Watoto. And this is what they say. They, this is the story uh, of that couple. They're actually ministers in church. They're not whites. They're Canadians, I think. Yes. So, this man married with a wife. He was too busy with ministry. And uh, the wife felt kind of neglected. And their story is the wife started cheating with their driver and the husband did not know about it. Uh, and in the process of cheating, he actually, she did it for a long time and he did not know about it. Until one day, um, she gets pregnant. So when she gets pregnant, it becomes a big deal now because now finally the husband gets to find out. Why? Because now the father, the real father of the child, wanted to be in the life of that child. So that's how the man gets to find out that actually these guys have been having an affair behind him. But being a man of God and a Christian, he chose forgiveness. You know, when they said you choose the, you, the we called it what? He chose the largeness of marriage instead of quitting the marriage. So he chose to stay in the marriage and forgive the wife. But the problem is she's pregnant and they are not sure whether that is their child or not. But the man agrees to take care of the child. If it is not his child, he will actually adopt the child and take care of the child and take care of the child. So when the child is born, actually the child is black, they are white. Because the guy was what? Was black. You know, when you have not been in something, you do not understand the weight of it. This man tried to go beyond what happened. Even after choosing the largeness of marriage, the thing was not working. It was just not what? Working. And many times, he lashed out at the woman, reminding her every single time of what she had done. Every time something went wrong, even the smallest mistake, it was always that same issue. Even something that is not connected to cheating, he would always find a way of connecting it back to the fact that she did what? Even when she burnt food, you find a way to connect it back. If you had not, probably the food would not do it, would not get burnt. And it became a big deal in the marriage. Especially, none of them was happy. The guy couldn't get over it. But then the woman was tortured 
Because it is a constant reminder you fail. You fail. Praise the Lord. So it was a constant reminder that at one point the woman called it quit. And she said, you know what? It is well. You do not have to bear me anymore. Let's, let's part ways and we all go our way. The Bible says in First Colossians chapter 1, uh, verses, is it there? First Colossians chapter 1, verses 21 to 23. And you who once were to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight, if indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you had, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. Praise the Lord. So this is a continuation from where Pastor Alex stopped. The verses before talk about that because of the uh, blood of his cross, we now have peace with God. And because we have peace with God, with God, then we have access. Most of the things we are talking about here in this very sermon series are actually things that have been accomplished for us by Jesus Christ. Things that we must know to walk in that glory. Because if we don't know them, then we shall have Christ in us and yet still live defeated lives and never get to test the glory. Praise the Lord. So Paul is telling the church at Colossae. He was talking to Christians actually. He was not writing to unbelievers. He was writing to believers. And he's telling them that you who were once alienated. Alienated means you were separated from God and enemies in your mind. Enemies in your mind. That means their perception of God was enmity. They did not consider God as a friend. Every time they had God, it was trouble. Praise the Lord. They thought of God as this guy who is looking for a way of wiping out humanity. Praise the Lord. And the Bible says because of the perception they had of God, then there they dealt wickedly with God. Doing wicked works that was against who God is. And he says, but now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death. And why is he reconciling us? And it is important to understand that he reconciled us through the body of his flesh. Jesus had to come and be man like us in order to pay the right penalty, the actual sacrifice that will redeem us. So he says that in the body of his flesh, to present you and I holy, blameless, and above reproach before our God. Praise the Lord. So the reason Jesus is dying is to present you. So that means we are being presented like we are. We are being presented to God, to himself, holy, being free from sin, carrying a purity of heart, and then blameless, meaning without blemish. And then he says, we are above reproach. 
Praise the Lord. And we are above reproach means we cannot be accused of anything. That in as much as we are guilty as charged, but because of what Jesus did, we have, a, we have been acquitted of every charge that we had. Praise the Lord. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12 verses 1, Therefore we also since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares, and let us run the rest with endurance that is set before us. Verses 2 he says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And he says that, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of God, at the right hand of the throne of God. So the Bible is saying that for the joy that was set before who? Before Jesus, he endured the cross. He despised the shame. Which kind of joy can make a man endure the cross? Which kind of joy can make a man despise the shame? This is not any kind of shame, but it is a kind of shame where a man has to walk through the streets of Jerusalem naked. A man who did not commit a crime, but he, endure, he despises, like he despises, that word disturbs me. Why would even he consider to despise that shame? Because if it were me, I will hold it against whoever made me do it. If you made me walk shamefully like that, I will always hold you accountable for it. In one way or another, you would pay for the shame that I suffered. But the Bible says that for the joy, joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He despised the shame. And when we go back to the book of Colossians, the Bible says that he, through the body of his flesh, reconciled us back to God. Why? In order to present us holy, blameless, and righteous. So the joy that was set before Jesus was you and I being holy, blameless, and righteous. That every time he thought about you and me, he endured the cross. When he thought about what his death is going to do to you, he endured the cross. When he thought about what his death is going to accomplish for you, he despised the shame. And now he is presenting you and I holy, blameless, and without reproach. And without reproach is no accusation. You cannot critique me. I, I, I have no blame. I am blameless. I am perfect. I am without reproach. But the truth of the matter, you and I are not without reproach. Whatever it is that your neighbor thinks you committed, you actually did. But Jesus says, because of the, body, because of the death of my flesh, then you no longer have a case to do what? To answer. That's when the Bible says that in the new covenant, it says that I will remove and forgive all your iniquity and your sin I will remember no more. That is the God that we have believed. He does not hold us accountable for the things that we have done. Unlike this husband who chose to forgive but he never forgot. Every single day he reproached his wife about what she had done. Every single day he reminded her that if you had not done this, 
then we would not be here. But Jesus did not at any one point stand and tell us that because of what you did, I have to endure the cross. But the Bible says he went there willingly, joyfully, knowing that at the end of this sacrifice, you and I are going to be holy, are going to be blameless, and we are going to be above reproach. So that means because I am in Christ, then I am free from every charge. The Bible says that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have done what? They are all gone. The new has come and all things are of God. Praise the Lord. So that is who we have become. You can no longer hold me accountable. You can no longer reproach me. You can't accuse me for that which Christ has already paid for. You can no longer accuse me of being, yes, you knew me before I, before I gave my life to Christ. Praise the Lord that you knew me. But now that I'm in Christ, I am a new what? I am a new creation. I am above reproach. If God does not hold me accountable for my sin, then no man can accuse me for that which Christ has already paid for. Praise the Lord. There's, there's a statement, I think it is a theology, a theology word uh, called jeopardy. And this word means that a man cannot pay a sin that has been paid for. You cannot pay for one sin twice. In case I owed you a money and someone came and paid you on my behalf, you cannot come back to me and tell me you, you, I need my money back. Even if it's not me who gave it to you, that debt was paid. And it was paid on my behalf. My name was written on it. So there is no way you can come back to me and tell me payback. So you cannot hold me hostage for a sin that Christ has already approved me of. Praise the Lord. That, that's what it means to be above reproach. And that is a reality for all of us Christians. That because of the sacrifice that Jesus did for us, we can no longer be accused. Your neighbor cannot accuse you. And it doesn't mean that they will not accuse you. But it is important for you to know you as an individual, you as a person, you as a child of God. It is important to know that yes, I may have done whatever they think I, I did. But because of Jesus and by Jesus... I have been given a right standing with God. This is the mindset that lives in glory. This is the mindset that overcomes the world. Praise the Lord. I remember the time we were ordained. Not ordained. I think we were commissioned, yes. Uh, and I, I, I wasn't actually, I, I don't want to say I wasn't consulted. But the story I was told was different from what actually happened that day. And I remember when we came here and Musumba was saying a lot of things. He's read so many scriptures. I'm like, hey, I thought I was the children's pastor. Now what has happened? And I remember from that day on, it took me about five months to get over it. And I told God, people like me cannot be pastors. 
Praise the Lord. At that moment, the enemy reminded me of every small detail. Even the things that I had forgotten about. Even the things that I had repented from. You remember those days that we used to repent? We did not understand repentance, but somehow we used to figure it out and we get ourselves forgiven. Yes, you go to the mountain, you cry for five days. Eh? By the time you leave, you are a little light. Eh? And I remember I had paid the price. <laughs> For, for certain things. And that moment, everything came rushing down on me like a flood. And every time I would stand before people, I felt so unworthy. But the people do not even know what you did. They, they don't, like for them, they just see glory. But for you, you are seeing all the wrong things that you have done, what? You have committed. And I am telling you, every time you feel condemned, it is not Christ. Because the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. And therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. God no longer has a problem with you when it, in regards to sin. Why? It was paid. Whatever God needed to be paid was paid. And it was paid in full. There is no balance there is nothing Jesus did not do that is like now. This Jesus stopped here. So now, Martha, you have to start from here. There is nothing. I was acquitted. I was freed. I was set free from any sin. So when I stand before God, I am free. Praise the Lord. And if there is still any condemnation in your heart, as a child of God, just so you know, it does not come from God. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 2 verses 13 to 14, And you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive with him, having forgiven all your trespasses. All your what? You, do you know what trespasses are? Eh? You, re you repent today, you, you do it again. You repent today, you do it again. Sometimes you feel like God forgives you the first time you committed it. And the second time you feel like, ha, tuwekaza wekaza Eh, we, we just have to assume he has forgiven, but you're not sure. But the Bible says he has forgiven us all our trespasses. That sin you have repeated a million times. Trust me, every time you do it, he forgives you. Praise the Lord. And he says that having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. So every handwriting that was written on your behalf has been wiped out. The blood of Jesus is the kind that wipes out and never leaves a trace. When you stand before the Lord, there is no case to answer. Why? Because your life is hidden in Christ. And the righteousness of God has become your own righteousness. There is no record. Now the records that we keep reminding ourselves, they are non-existent. They only exist in your mind. But in heaven, there is no record. Even when they say there is a tape recorder, the day you gave your life to Christ, that recorder was, it was burned. I don't know how they call it. 
if it was a cassette tape, it was broken and that long thing, I don't know what it is. Uh, like it was burned to ashes. That day you gave your life to Christ, the handwriting was wiped away. There is no condemnation over you. There is no accusation. Even Jesus himself is not demanding anything. The only thing he has required from us is only to believe him and receive the sacrifice so that his pain will not be in vain. Praise the Lord. The Bible says in Romans 8.33, Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died. And furthermore, he's also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God, who has also made, makes intercessions for us? Who can bring a charge against God's elect? You cannot charge me. Why? Because it is God who justifies. Praise the Lord. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died. So if, um, if, any man, if a man did not die for you, they cannot accuse you of anything. Because the one you offended has acquitted you of every sin. Praise the Lord. But there is one reality that we need to know. That yes, much as this is a truth, there is always a force that fights this truth. There is always something that is against it. There is always an accuser. Sometimes the enemy will use another man to accuse you. The enemy will use yourself to accuse yourself. You will nail and punish yourself for something that Jesus already paid for. Praise the Lord. And, that, and why does the enemy do that? You, you don't need to do anything to the devil to hate you. I, like you don't. You, you don't need to go in his camp for him to have any case against you. All you need to be is be born as a man. He has a thing on men. Praise the Lord. Because we received what he did not do what? Receive. We all sinned. For us, Jesus came and died and we were forgiven. He has no hope of forgiveness. Praise the Lord. So the Bible says in Revelations, it describes the devil very clearly. So, Revelation chapter 12, verses 9 to 11. So the great dragon was cast out. That serpent of old called the what? The devil and Satan. Who deceives the whole world? He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Verses 10. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ has come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night. This is day and night. Has been cast down and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to death. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So the Bible calls the devil an accuser of the brethren. 
and he's, he accuses us day and night. As you go to sleep, he is awake. Praise the Lord. So every time you are progressing in life, the enemy will come and check whether you know who you really are. Every single day you wake up, he will come and remind you of something that you did. And the Bible says we can only overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. The accuser. And actually heaven celebrated when Satan was thrown out of heaven. The Bible says that there was celebration in heaven. Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and power of his has come. For the accuser of the brethren has been cast down. So heaven celebrated. But then the scriptures below they say, Woe unto the inhabitants of what? Of the earth. Why? Because the accuser now is in your territory. If heaven would celebrate the departure of the devil, where we think there is more power, they are right to say woe unto the inhabitants of the earth. Why? Because now the accuser is in your territory. And the Bible says he accuses men day and night. You remember in the story of Job, where he goes to, he, he attended the meeting in heaven. And God asked him, where have you been? Over and about, eh? to and fro. Like he moves around, around the earth. And he says, as I was moving, there is this one guy. You have protected him. There is a reason why this man is worshipping you. You have given him everything he wants. He is the accuser of the brethren. That is one thing you need to understand. That as Christians, the day we gave our lives to God, we waged war against the enemy. And because we waged war against him, his accusations come daily. And the Bible is saying that we can only overcome him by the blood of the Lamb. You need to know the truth and that truth will set you free. That truth will set you free from condemnation. It will set you free from reproach. Praise the Lord. Yes, we have done many things. And, and some, some, of, some people have done things that the whole world got to know. And now you have to convince the whole world every single day that you know what? I am actually no longer that. Praise the Lord. But the only way you can stand, the only way you can manifest the glory of the Lord is when you understand that the accuser is the enemy. But when it comes to God, I have been presented to him holy, blameless, and above reproach. There is no longer a case for you and I to answer. There is no longer a case for you and I. There is no record of your wrong, but we have been acquitted of everything that we have done. And he says that we overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. That every single morning you need to testify to the devil. Just so that he forgot. You need to remind him about the blood of Jesus. We wake up every morning and remind him of who we are. That is how we take position. Praise the Lord. That is how we do it. We take position. Because if you do not do that, then you're in trouble. When we go back to our scripture in Colossians, the Bible says the scripture that comes after that is very interesting. The Bible says that in him, in the body of his flesh through death, to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. If indeed, if what? You continue in the faith. 
if indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you had. Praise the Lord. If we continue, according to God, you are holy. According to God, you're without blemish. According to God, you are above reproach. Praise the Lord. You are beyond accusation. You are beyond critique. Praise the Lord. According to God, you are a new creation. That everything he sees in Christ, he also sees in you. But you must continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and not moved away from the hope of the gospel. You must contend for what you have believed. It is true that you are those things. But for you to be able to move in those things, you must actually continue in the faith. So Paul is saying that he's saying he's telling the church at Corinth that many things will come to throw you off balance. Life will happen to make you think twice about what you have believed. People will come and lie to you about what you have believed. Because one of the struggles of the church at Colossae was wrong doctrine. Where they were told that you need to be circumcised in order to be perfect before God. They were told that you cannot do this. There were many do's and don'ts. Yet they had believed Christ. And now they were no longer part of the law. But now they had entered another law, which is Christ through faith. Praise the Lord. And he's telling them that you will always feel unholy. You will always feel like you're to blame. You will always feel like you are not beyond accusation. You will critique and accuse yourself if you fail, if you give up on the faith. Because this that we have received, we receive it by faith. When God acquits us, he does not acquit us just because we have paid the price for the sins that we have committed. He does not even acquit us just because we stopped doing the sins that we, we used to do. Praise the Lord. That is not how he acquitted us. But he acquitted us. Why? Because of the sacrifice of his son. He looked at his son. He looked at you. And he got all your filth, all your dirt, and he put it on Jesus Christ. And when he looks at you, there was an exchange that happened. My sins for the righteousness of Christ. And now I am the righteousness of Christ, not because of my own, but because of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So it is a contention that we are in. It is not a physical war. Praise the Lord. This is a spiritual war. I take what is mine by faith. I wake up every morning, even amidst of condemnation, and I tell myself, I am holy, I am blameless, and I am above reproach. Not on my own, but because of what Christ has done for me every single day. Praise the Lord. So I want to encourage someone this morning. You who have struggled with loads of condemnation, and, you know, it is hard to fight such thoughts when you are still dealing with a habit. When you are still dealing with the reality of what you're fighting. Praise the Lord. But the Bible says that 
Whoever believes in Christ, they receive eternal life and they are freed from perishing. That is all. He did not say that whoever does what is right in the sight of God, then is acquitted. But whoever believes, and this morning I want to tell you that because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, you're holy, you're righteous, and you're above reproach. Whatever you committed in the past is in the past. According to God, there is a new chapter. And this chapter, the Bible says, all things are new and all things are of God. That whatever God is, you and I are. That is how we manifest the glory of the Lord. Praise the Lord. This audio sermon has been brought to you by The City Church. We would love to hear from you. Please contact us on 706 or 776 579